We meet today in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to verse 30. In this section, we are going to look at the mind of Timothy that is like-minded with Paul and the mind of Epaphroditus, the work of Christ. Now, Paul had nothing but praise for two of his co-workers, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Both had actually proven themselves to be faithful in the ministry, and they were sincere in their love for the fellow believers. Now, because he could not go to Philippi, Paul would send Timothy to go to them and cheer them and find how they were doing. It is wonderful for a person like Paul to have these men come alongside himself. And in fact, in his writing, he simply uh, brings them alongside himself as partners. He does not come with a proud heart that says, I am the apostle. These are simply my disciples. And even in his address to the church, he equates himself with them. How was he able to do so? Because he is in Christ. He has the mind of Christ. So, what do we see now even in these people? They also have the mind of Christ. Because as disciples, Timothy has the mind of Paul. And Epaphroditus is captivated by the work of Christ. It all goes to Christ. Philippians 2 verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I hear your state. You see, Timothy was Paul's spiritual son. Paul had great confidence in him. He could trust Timothy to care for the state of the Philippian believers. But you can also see how affectionate the relationship between Paul and the Philippian church is, he also wished to hear of their state. And so he is sending this brother to them so that they may be encouraged. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. What a commendation. It is amazing to be found someone who will have a genuine interest for the state of other people. That was Timothy. Here we have described the mind of Timothy, and we find that he is like-minded with Paul. Since he was like-minded with Paul, it means that he had the mind of Christ, and he was characterized by humility. What characterized Paul? The mind of Christ, humility and gentleness. Now, we don't need, my friend, and I say this respectfully but sincerely, we don't need a national church council or a world council of churches to bring men together. In fact, we don't need any organization to bring people together. If people have the mind of Christ, they are together. They are already together by having the mind of Christ. Timothy had been faithful to Paul. And sometimes a, a convert later turns against the person who led him to the Lord. Now, this is a, like a child turning against the parent. It is painful indeed. 
Paul had that happening to him with a number of people who turned away from him. But Timothy was faithful to him. And so he says, there is no one who is like-minded. Paul now was sending Timothy to the Philippian believers because he could trust him. It is wonderful to have men like-minded with Christ so they can work together. Are you able to work together with others? Do you confront difficulties of thinking alike? The solution is to have the mind of Christ. And what is the mind of Christ? Humility and gentleness. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 21. Now there were many other people who were seeking their own glory, who had their personal agendas. They did not go into ministry. They were not involved in Christian work for the sake of Christ, but for their own. Of course, Paul would even write to Timothy and say, in later days, people will come who will be lovers of themselves and not of God. People who will even make a way of worship as a means to financial gain. These are the times that we live in. So Paul says, there are people who are there who are seeking their own glory. They wanted to make a name for themselves because they were seeking their own glory. They were willing to be little Paul. And Paul was aware and constantly aware of the people who were out to bring him down, to bring his reputation down. They were seeking not the glory of Christ, but it was not so with Timothy. Can I challenge you, my friend? How do you respect others who are standing for the word of God today? The mind of Christ will not allow you to criticize another man who stands for Christ. Paul says, I can't trust these other men because their agenda is not Christ. But I send it to you, Timothy. But you know his proven character that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. What a commendation. This is Philippians 2 verse 22. People speak a lot about togetherness in our day. There can be no more togetherness than for two people to have the mind of Christ. They are together even though they may be miles apart. You may be hearing my voice when you are in West Africa, when you are in East Africa, wherever. But because you have the mind of Christ, the good news is we are together. We are brothers. We are in good company when we have the mind of Christ. That is why there is such a thing called the bond between Christians who have the mind of Christ. You see, when a young Christian man and a young Christian lady fall in love, there is a togetherness that you cannot have in just a sexual marriage, my friend. A relationship that is simply physical can be bought at any street corner, can be bought with money. But when a husband and a wife have the mind of Christ, they are really together. 
they are brought together by something that is not brought by money or material things. It is the mind of Christ. Whether they have things or they do not have things, they work together. What do they seek? They seek the honor of Christ. No wonder when Paul was counseling even the uh, husbands and wives in his writing to the Ephesian church, he said, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, there is no human ceremony that can bring two people together in that way. It is a glorious and wonderful relationship when the mind of Christ is what brings the two together. Do you have the mind of Christ? Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. Philippians 2, verse 23 to verse 24. You see, Paul wanted Timothy to be the one who would bring them the message about what was happening to him there in the Roman prison. Paul had hopes that he would soon be released from prison. And actually, tradition tells us that he was released from prison and had quite an itinerant ministry after this. Although this is not recorded in scripture, it's what we get from extra-biblical sources. When the Christians were persecuted under Nero, naturally, Paul the leader was brought back and then he was executed. Now we leave the mind of Timothy and take a look at the mind of Epaphroditus. By the way, Epaphroditus was either an elder in that church or he was their pastor. What was his mind like? The work of Christ. Again, Christ-centered. Epaphroditus was another who had the mind of Christ. He and Paul and Timothy were together brethren in the Lord, serving the Lord. Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Philippians 2 verse 25 You see, Paul had founded the church at Philippi. But Epaphroditus was not jealousy of Paul. Paul loved Epaphroditus because he had the mind of Christ and Paul could trust him. He calls him my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier. Paul says he is my fellow soldier. He fights with me. He doesn't stick a knife in my back when I am away. He doesn't side with my enemies. No, he stands shoulder to shoulder with me. And that description is wonderful. My brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier. But not only so, he was even their messenger who ministered to his need. He was of practical help to Paul, who is there confined in the chains. But when he came, he cheered them up. Since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Philippians 2 verse 26. Now this is almost humorous. Epaphroditus got sick and the word was sent back to the church at Philippi 
that their own pastor was sick. He longed for them. He probably was a little homesick also. But maybe himself being aware of the care and the concern, the affection of the church, he just wished he was with them. Then when he heard that the church back there was also mourning for him because he was sick, he had a relapse because it hurt him that they were hurting because he was sick. There was a, a sort of a vicious circle in motion here, but it was good because it revealed the marvelous relationship between the church at Philippi and their pastor. So Epaphroditus was greatly loved by his church, and that speaks well for the church at Philippi. That is what ought to be the relationship of any local church with their pastor, that of mutual love and affection. Affection that cares and takes the interest of the others as a priority. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Philippians 2 verse 27. Now this verse is very interesting, because when we see that he got sick almost to the point of death. But it was not just him. It looks here, even Paul had the same problem. But God had mercy on him, and I'm sure also on Paul. Now, let me point out something here that you may not notice. Many sincere believers today hold the theory that Christians should not be sick that they should trust God to heal them. But let me ask you a question here. Why didn't Paul heal Epaphroditus? He was sick. He almost died. You will remember that Paul also had a thorn in the flesh which the Lord Jesus would not remove. Instead, he gave Paul the grace to bear it. Then you remember that Timothy had a stomach problem. If Paul had been a faith healer like we have today, why hadn't he healed Timothy? Actually, he told Timothy to take a little wine for the stomach's sake. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said that he had left Trophimus in Miletus sick. Why hadn't he healed him? And now Paul says that, he has this young preacher, Epaphroditus, with him, and he was so sick, he almost died. Paul didn't heal him. Rather, he gives all the credit for healing or for non-healing to God. He says that God had mercy on him. Paul made it a matter of prayer, and God heard and answered that prayer. You see, this epistle is emphasizing the mind of Christ, a humble mind. If I were a faith healer, I would be in the limelight. I would be somebody very great and very famous. But I'm not. Who is the healer? Jesus Christ our Lord is the great physician, my friend. And here we are talking about the mind of Christ. When everyone is turned to the Lord, the great physician, there they are healed. 
Christ gets the credit for any healing that may take place, not people. And we see here in Paul's life, he emphasizes the prominence of Christ, even in the healing ministry, not himself. Think about the many people who, who send out invitations and say, come for a mighty miracle crusade, come and be healed. Paul did not seek out for people. In fact, he had those who were so dear to him, yet they were sick. All he could do is to make it a prayer matter. He left it to the Lord. Paul the Apostle, we even see him towards the end of his ministry, not putting so much emphasis on healing. He has a sick preacher with him. But he does not exercise the gift of healing that he had. Why? Because Paul is shifting the emphasis to where it should be. The emphasis should be upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul is sending Epaphroditus back to the Philippian church. Therefore I send him the more eagerly that when you see him again you may rejoice and I may be less sorrowful. Philippians 2, verse 28. Here Paul wants them to rejoice, not to be sorrowful. And I may be less sorrowful. You see, he was disturbed about the church in Philippi because it had been mourning instead of rejoicing. First, they were mourning and sorrowful that Paul, the apostle, was in prison. And now they heard that their pastor was also not well. Paul says to them, in Christ, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Again and I say, rejoice. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. Philippians 2 verse 29. Now how gracious Paul was with the preacher from Philippi. A man like Epaphroditus should be respected and loved. So he sends him and says, Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. And my friend, we should respect the one who is teaching the word of God to you. If he has a gift of teaching God's word, God is using him. Both the gift and the individual should be respected. Our attention, however, should be focused upon the word of God. It is the word of God that reveals Christ and the mind of Christ. And Paul says, such men should be esteemed. Because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Philippians 2 verse 30. Epaphroditus was doing the work of Christ. He had to have the mind of Christ to do that. Now, this is in the first century, at the time of the Roman Empire. The empire of Caesar Augustus moved out and took over the world. The law of Rome became supreme everywhere. There was no mercy shown to anyone, but there was a law and order everywhere. There was not a power in that day that could protest against Rome. 
Then there went out this little man, Paul the Apostle, and those who were like-minded with him, Timothy Epaphroditus. And they preached the gospel, that there is a God of the universe who, through a redemption that he wrought on a Roman cross, had provided mercy for many kind. Multitudes tend to the Lord Jesus in that day. When they did so, they were risking their lives to preach Christ. Now I see this little man, Paul the Apostle, chained to a Roman soldier. What is he doing? Well, he is witnessing for Christ, and he is rejoicing in the Lord. He has the mind of Christ. I also see the fine young man, Timothy, walking in that pagan city. You say you cannot live for Christ in a godless society. My friend, look at Timothy. He did pretty well. He had the mind of Christ. And then I take a look at Epaphroditus, a faithful pastor there in the city of Philippi. It was a Roman colony, but it was pagan, a heathen city. Epaphroditus had the mind of Christ. Then I look at myself. I look at Asaphah. And I say to him, stop offering excuses in your day which you are living. Why am I giving ex excuses? If these men could have the mind of Christ in the first century, today in the 21st century, right where you are now, you and I can have the mind of Christ, not by imitation, but by yielding to him, to the Spirit of God, and he can produce in our lives, the mind of Christ. Oh, how desperately this is needed in our day, to have the mind of Christ. Once we have the mind of Christ, we will make a witness for Christ in this godless society. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.